0: Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. So glad you've joined me here on this Monday morning. We're continuing our teachings in our series in Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And today we're going to skip ahead to chapter five. We'll come back to the, the other chapters and verses, but we're going to uh, skip ahead to chapter five, chapter six, rather, chapter six and verse five. Uh, Because a a friend who is a regular listener to this podcast and also a friend and supporter of our ministry uh, asked if we would comment on Paul's statement in Ephesians 6, 5, for slaves to be obedient to their masters um the king james says servants uh i'm looking at the new king james says bond servants it's the greek word douloi which was a word for slaves uh, be obedient to your masters so the question is was paul does the bible advocate or affirm slavery well right up front the uh, the answer is no and um To arrive at a clear picture of what we're talking about. There are several things that I I want to look at. I want to look look at some of the the scriptures that that give us the overall picture of liberty and freedom taught by Jesus in the New Testament, but also want to put it into the historical and cultural context of the time in which Paul was writing. First of all, we need to realize uh, that slavery has been a worldwide part of humanity for all of recorded history. All kinds of peoples and civilizations have practiced slavery for all of of human history. Uh, You know, like the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Greeks, the Armenians, the Arabs, throughout the continent of Africa and Asia, uh, the Middle East, slavery has been Practiced all over the world by all kinds of peoples. Now, we who are Americans here in the United States, wow, uh, you know, because of, of the tragic history of slavery here in America, we sometimes are left to think that uh, slavery is something unique to America. no. Slavery has been a part of human history. That's why Dr. Walter Williams, the late Dr. Walter Williams, who was a brilliant intellectual and the professor of economics at um, uh, George Mason University, that's why he said that slavery in America was neither odd or unusual. He said what was odd or unusual about slavery in America was the moral outrage that arose against it. We'll talk about that more later. But um, I might just mention this, that the English word slave actually came from the word Slav or Slavic. The Slavic people are an ethnicity, an eth- uh, ethnic people, ethnicity, especially in, in Europe, found in countries such as Poland, Serbia, Bosnia. Uh, the Czech Republic, Ukraine, and even in Russia. Now, the Muslim Ottoman Empire conquered Constantinople, which was the, was the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire. In 1453, the the Muslim Ottomans captured Constantinople and conquered the eastern sector of the Roman Empire, and they s- enslaved millions of Eastern Europeans, especially the Slavic peoples, were especially targeted for slaves. And uh, uh, some estimate as many as six million uh, of the Eastern Europeans, uh, made up mostly of the Slavic people, were enslaved by the Ottoman Empire. And so there were so many of the Slavic people that were enslaved that this is where we get the English word slave. Um, When Paul was writing in the first century, slavery was very much part of the Roman Empire. Um, uh, Some estimate that one half the population of the city of Rome were slaves and that 30% of Italy, uh, of course, that's where Rome is located, of Italy uh, were slaves and that throughout the empire as much as 10 or 20% were slaves. Now, of course, slavery had nothing to do with race. Uh, Much of it was from peoples, areas, tribes that the Romans had conquered, and they would enslave people, especially the ones that they thought could be helpful to them. Uh, And then people were born into slavery, and slavery became uh, something perpetual, even in, in families and so on. And so it was it was a part of the times. it was a part it was a part of Roman law, it was a part of the culture. and so when Paul wrote his letter to Ephesians now let us let us put put ourselves in Paul's place for just a moment in writing his letter. Think about writing a letter, say to the Christians in Iran. Who are under Sharia law, and where it is, it is a crime uh, to to openly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, if you are writing a letter to a group of Christians, even today in Iran. Uh, you you would not tell the women, oh, I'll get rid of that head covering. You wouldn't tell the the people, oh, yeah, I'll get out there on the the streets and, and tell people about Jesus. You would try to help them, yes, warn them that because of their testimony, if it comes down to it, they could lose their lives. You would try to help them to negotiate their way through that difficult culture and, and laws under which they live. And this is the challenge that Paul has. He's trying to help the people to negotiate their way, to be good Christians, to be a witness for Jesus within the culture and, and the, the Roman laws and things of which they are living under. Now, I need also say this. Slavery came into the world at the time of the fall. It, it's a part of sin, Sin and slavery go right together, but it is just one of so many sins. It's a a horrible sin, but it's just one of many sins. And so when Jesus came into the world, he came to deal with the root of sin. Yeah, there's all kinds of fruit. There's all kinds of of outgrowths of sin, but unless the root is dealt with, there will be no change. Uh, it's It's like if you got weeds in your yard, you can mow them, but they're going to grow right back and and grow faster than your grass. if you want to get rid of them you've got to uproot them and so the, the 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 message of the New Testament because of of how flavor was so ingrained and it was a part of the laws of the Romans and everything, Paul is not going to tell them, yeah uh, I want you to you know, gather up some swords and things and go out. No, that would that would have destroyed themselves. It would have destroyed wow. uh, the the testimony of the gospel. So he's going to encourage them to live in such a way that uh that they can be a light and a witness while the gospel has time to to work its work and work its power and change hearts and lives and deal with slavery right at the root of the problem. Uh, now, uh, American missionaries ha- had this issue back in the early 1900s, and and I heard an African missionary, a missionary to Africa, uh, whose father was a missionary to Africa before him, and he spent many years in Africa, tell about that in the early days, in some particular part of Africa where they practiced polygamy, that many of the people, they came to Christ. And so the American missionaries uh, immediately told them, you can't have more than one wife. You're going to have to get, get rid of some of them. And so so the men started, you know, they, they kept the one they liked the best, and they, they kicked all of the others out with their children. Well, I mean, it caused all kinds of problems. Here were these women with children. They have no no food to eat. They're out on the streets. They're They're desperate. They don't know what to do. Some some so desperate they turn to to, to prostitution, uh, others are begging and so on. So all of a sudden they realize, hey, we're going to have to deal with this differently. We're we're going to have to leave this this part of their culture, although it's not the way it ought to be. We're going to have to leave it and we're going to have to teach them and train them and teach the new generation so so that the gospel takes root. And and it deals with this whole situation at the very root of the problem. And this is what the gospel uh, message is going to do, because the gospel message is a message of freedom. Jesus said it in the uh, well, it, uh, Ephesians 4, 18, that he had come to proclaim liberty to the captives. And in uh, Ephesians chapter 8, I was just reading this uh, just a few minutes ago. Let me see if I can uh, turn over to this quickly. Uh, John chapter 8, very very powerful message where Jesus said, uh, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Now, that's the the first slave master that he wants us to be free from, because until we get free from the slave master of sin, we're not going to be able to get free from all kinds of things that hold us into bondage. And so Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, talking about himself, you will be free in me. I'm going to have to stop there, but we're going to continue tomorrow uh, talking about how the, the gospel message dealt with slavery and how it's actually been the Christian message that has uprooted slavery in America, uh, in Britain and around the world. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyde Podcast. If you'd like to read a little book I wrote along these lines about uh, slavery in America and how it was Christianity, a great awakening, a revival of Christianity in the 1700s that unleashed uh, the spiritual and moral forces that brought about an end to slavery, it's in a little book called Abolitionist Founding Fathers. Abolitionist Founding Fathers. It's on my website. It's also on Amazon. Be a great blessing to you, especially with July the 4th coming up, and we'll continue our discussion tomorrow. God bless.